Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Comedy Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Schuster. And I'm Lena Green. And today we've got a great guest, comedian, Alex Hooper. You've seen him on America's Got Talent, also a Baltimore guy like me, and I'm happy to have him on today. Welcome, Alex. Yeah, thanks Woo! for having me. Baltimore yes, is home, so... I mean, LA's really my home at this point, but I spent a lot of time in Baltimore. It crafted the person that I am, so... That's, happy to call it home. That's yeah, where you started you comedy? No, I started out here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I spent, you know, the first 19 years of my life in Baltimore. Mm. That's where I uh, learned how to, that the world is a terrible place that tries <laughs> to destroy you <laughs> and that you should rebel against it however you can. Right. And then I came to LA and all of a sudden I became a child of love. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't have to be angry at myself and everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, but I, I, I mean, I went to Baltimore once. It's Seem lovely. I the people were really nice, but you until I took LA, you into the city. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was interesting. <laughs> you learned love in LA. I did, yeah, for sure. I okay. mean, I just met a very different type of person out here. Mm. Like the groups of friends, the friends that I made very quickly were all about positivity and warmth and just like creatively inspiring me in many different ways. And I didn't have that as much in Baltimore. But I also think that's just part of who I was growing up is I was just an angry, depressed child yeah. who didn't know how to let those kinds of values in. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, so age. But do you? But do you find yourself doing any Baltimore material? I I have like I mean I used to have I had a joke on my first album about like you know growing up in Baltimore makes you hard and then you come to L.A. and you're just like you know instead of wanting to fight you're just like well. What's going on with you, man? Maybe we should just talk this out. You know, that kind of... <laughs> right. I don't... Like, I mean, I connect myself to Baltimore, but I think I think the best parts of Baltimore are still in me, that rebellious, hardworking spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think LA has infiltrated my psyche probably more than anything else ever would. Right. Because how many years have you been out in LA now? Almost, almost 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I've been out here 10. So once you get past that threshold. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also where I discovered what I wanted. Like I didn't do, I started comedy out here. This is where I started to form the life that mm -hmm. I really, that I have now where I just, I'm so filled up with gratitude and love and I'm inspired by all the people that I'm around. And I don't think I found that as much in Baltimore because I wasn't ready to find it yet. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I right. think... I think Baltimore is a great city. It just didn't have what I needed from it at this point in my life. Yeah, yeah. You hear a lot of comedians talk about starting off very angry and depressed and stuff. How did that, did that influence your comedy early on? And that's kind of how, you know, parlayed it into like what you do now and stuff or? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I've always had a lot of energy and I didn't know how to channel it. And so it would come out through rage and <laughs> nihilistic, depressive thoughts and I wasn't fun to be around. I was just kind of this wild just energy that couldn't be contained. And suddenly I started doing comedy and I had a way to funnel all yeah. of that into a certain skill. And at first, I mean, if you go back and watch my really early stuff, I'm just loud. That's I'm just loud just and aggressive. Oh, so much screaming. I've seen that work for, like, especially comics who are starting out. The angry, like, I'm just going to tell you how I feel very angry. It works for yeah, a right. while, I guess, until you're like, okay. I can't uh, it was, it was a way time. to get out what was inside of me in a way that was encouraged. Yeah. And so I was just letting it out. And then I learned over the years how to be more dynamic and play with levels and realize there's something about being extremely quiet yeah. Yeah. on the other side of being very loud that oh. then makes you just a more interesting performer and it becomes more compelling. I used to think I used to have to show out over everyone in the yeah. room uh -huh. to be interesting and to be heard. And then I learned it's actually being quieter that draws people in instead of pushing them away. You, know, you connect more when you're, it's, it's kind of like acting. It's crazy you're saying that because, you know, when you're on camera, that you need to be a little bit more just quiet. You don't need to do theater yes. and yell. Even though we are on a stage, it feels like theater. I guess that's why people's instinct is to 
Be loud. Be big. Yep. Yeah, yep. and I come from a theater background. My it's grandmother a, yeah. was a professional actress. I grew up my whole life going to live theater. And then I was in, like, I went to school, high school for acting and college for acting. Oh, cool. yeah. And I was always in this place of just, like, performing big. And I think that has influenced a lot of my comedy because so much of the, I'll just say, the online hate that I receive when I post <laughs> something is like, why do you have to move so much? Why do you have to do so many things? Why do you have to play? Why does your voice sound? like that i'm like i'm sorry i'm performing yeah, right now yeah. like if you want just a new york style of i'm gonna stand against a wall and be quiet and blah 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 that's fine yeah. that's great that's just not who i am yeah. i've always been just larger than life when i perform because that's i am performing yeah i'm not exactly. just speaking to you like i'm putting on a show and i think the bigger i can be even if that means being small but with big energy mm -hmm. it's important for me to constantly find new ways to like present myself for sure for sure when you first came out to la though and your style was a certain way versus how it is now is that because of the landscape that the comedy scene shaped you or how did that come about for you to become who you are today? I mean, I think for the first few few years, mm -hmm. you should you don't know who you are in comedy. You're mm -hmm. experimenting as you should all the time. I would have sets where I'm going. I'm only going to do one liners. I'm going to be a character through this whole set. I'm going to try to be quiet. I'm going to try to be loud. I'm going to try to move fast. I'm going to you know. I would try all these different styles to see what worked for me. And I had a lot of success early on because I was a good performer and a fairly decent joke writer. Yeah. And I I was kind of, I was creative, I was weird, I was different, but around like eight years in is when I really started to discover the person that I could be. Mm. Like, I think I've, I kind of like equate mm. it to, I had this creature inside of me that didn't know how to come out mm. and I didn't know how to present it partially out of fear of what people would think of me and yeah. judgment. And once you let that all go, you can truly start to become a version of yourself that is unique. Mm -hmm. and something that I was proud of. And I think it just really, when I started to let that part of me out, when I started to merge all of these selves together, I used to really like, I would go to music festivals and I started going to those in like 2010 and I would be inspired by the people I would see. I'd be like, wow, these people are dressed really like yeah. their own yeah. way and they're expressing themselves and they're having the best time. And I started going to music festivals and I started doing the same thing, but I was like, I can't bring that into the comedy world because people aren't gonna take me seriously. Right, right. And then I started to just wear whatever I wanted, yeah. do whatever I yeah. wanted, and that inspired my writing. Mm. And suddenly, I was feeling more myself than I ever had before. And I think that's when people really started to take notice that I was doing something different. And that's when the TV started coming and things like that. I had early success, but I was still figuring out who I was yeah. and what I wanted to present to the world. Because that's what I tell people. People say, hey, I, I'm new to comedy. I don't really know what I'm doing up there. I'm like, good, you shouldn't, but you should have something to say. Yeah. yeah when exactly. you are on stage, you are, you are asking people to listen to you. Why should they? Unless you have some perspective or at least you spent the time working on something that you are proud of. Yeah. You should always take the stage with something you're proud of. Even if you're even if you're just an idea and you're going up there to find it, okay. But if you start to learn who you are and you let yourself come out, the writing will just follow. Yeah. But that's like one of the hardest things, what you're talking about, finding who you are. Yes. That's so hard. <laughs> finding your purpose is difficult. <laughs> like yeah. it takes yeah. so long and it's scary. And you're doing it on stage where you're vulnerable. Terrifying. It's terrifying. terrifying. I remember, I mean, one of my biggest moments came in, like that really changed me. It was 2016. I had been doing the roast battle show at the comedy store for a long time. I never considered myself a roaster. I kind of fell into this thing and I was, got really good at it but I was angry I was aggressive I was mean I wasn't likable and it I didn't like what I was becoming however back when we had roast battle rankings and there was always top 50 roast battlers I was number one for almost a year and a half uh -oh. and nobody could beat me and 
and suddenly I was bored and I <laughs> spent the whole year I spent the whole year that year for some reason I just thought of it on like I, I started writing about people on Facebook and I started on the first of the year and I had had a really good New Year's where I just felt the love from so many beautiful people in my life and I felt so privileged that I get to know all these amazing people so I started writing about them on Facebook and I lasted an entire year I did 366 days of writing about a different person on Facebook publicly and so people were like this is crazy that you're doing all this <laughs> at the same time while I'm being the nicest person in the world I'm going on stage and emotionally eviscerating people with these roast jokes right, right. so suddenly I'm at a music festival and it's like two, October 2016 I'm wearing this very silly costume that I had found at Goodwill this red unitard and if anyone's ever seen my first America's Got Talent that's what I'm talking about yeah. and I suddenly was at a music festival and I'm like tripping on acid and I look at a friend of mine and I go what if I wore this on stage? <laughs> right. He's like, right. what if? And I was like, when, but when, when can I just walk on stage like this? And he goes, roast battle. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, dude, you got a battle coming up. You got a title fight coming up. Go in there and show him something different. And the first time I did that, I was like, something on me in me is unlocked. Yeah, I am Whoa. fearless That's right awesome. now because I was afraid to do it. Especially, I was like, "This is the comedy store. This is not a place where you take a chance like <laughs> yeah. this." And I'm like, "Wait yeah. a minute! Right. Hang on a second. The place where Robin Williams was formed, where Jim Carrey was formed, where all of these people discovered who they were yeah. by being bold and taking the mm -hmm. biggest risk of their lives." Yep. Oh, this is exactly where <laughs> I do this. All right, but that's not what people are told starting off. They're like, "This is." How, like I was told not to wear sexy clothes or right. not wear wear sweats and stuff, and like people are told to be do it this way, and or also don't do to use the same material you've done I've, in the um, OR every single time you do yeah, the yeah, OR. Yeah. Yep. You've you've got to sometimes take a step that's going to push you forward. Oh, so. You have to, and the thing is, I could have that I could have fallen flat on my face doing that. It was yeah. an important night for me, and nice. and this my the, my competitor was came in there going, "I'm going to take this motherfucker down." And <laughs> so not only so I it was October, I had spent a whole year writing about people, about how great everyone was and how much they inspire me to be the best version of myself. Next thing I know, I'm finding who I am by putting on this outrageous outfit and then I get a call in early December that right after I do that battle that I'm going to be on one of the main competitors on season two on Comedy Central and I was like hang on a second <laughs> so I just spent a year being <laughs> so fucking nice and telling people how amazing they all are and writing about them spending a, a part of my day every day thinking about another person unselfishly <laughs> And my reward for that is I get to go on a station I've wanted to be on my entire life and rip people to fucking shreds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me getting my aggression out. Like this, there is yeah. still this Baltimore rebel inside of me that stirs all the time. And it just wants to scream and, and just like, just, I don't uh, destroy yeah. people. Yeah. I feel you but now I do it in a way that is loving and kind of magical, and I've let it happen that way, and it has completely changed my traje the trajectory of my career. Well, I think we saw that when you did AGT, because like you roasted the those judges in a way that I don't think anybody ever expected to be roasted before. And no one's ever talked to those people like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. like. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever been bold enough to talk to them. No, and that's <laughs> why, and I, honestly, I mean, that's, and that's why that audition went so viral is because like they, it was, I didn't realize I was shining a light onto these celebrities and how fickle they are. That was not, <laughs> cool. it was never my goal to do that. I just wanted to go just be like, a, you know, a prancing idiot, you know, a, a professional court jester just saying these silly things and then all of a sudden it hits the internet I think I bombed of course 3,000 people are screaming at me they hate my fucking guts <laughs> I think I bombed two and a half months of me being queasy every day not knowing what this is going to look like if this is going to destroy my career it hits the internet and people go this is legendary shit yeah right wow. and the, and the thing is know. like I have to say this I try to say I, I'm, I'm very humble I always try to be kind to everyone but I have to 
say, at a certain point, you read the word legend enough times from random strangers on the internet, you have to believe that maybe you can be a legend. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. you are one. So how do I live up to that moving forward? Mm-hmm. And how do I keep outdoing myself and surprising not only my audiences, but also myself on what I can do? Mm-hmm. And that audition, that first one on AGT was like, oh, I'll... I'll be fine. I'm never going to be scared to be on stage oh, ever wow. again. Wow. Ever an- again. Wow. It will never be as brutal as this. <laughs> I think like yeah. starting wow. off, the, the, we say like you got to be delusional in a way where you're like, I, I can do this no matter how many falls I get. Like you have to be delusional in a way. Like I, I there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I can be a star, a legend, you know? So it's like, I, I love that approach. It seems like the don't give a fuck approach, but... I don't know, refined. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I mean, I still have nights where I have to tell myself that. I mean, literally two weeks ago, I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I sold nine fucking tickets. And I'm right, like, right. oh. And I'm, like, I'm back in my shitty hotel room going like, why do I do this? Where am I, <laughs> how did I get here? Let's yeah. Why am I in this fucking city? <laughs> and then you just have to remember that like, you are, it's it's bigger than just a single night. Like yeah, there right. is a collective mm-hmm. av- the mean that you're trying to get to and they're with there's so much rejection in this there's so much and you have to learn how to appreciate the rejection because it just makes the wins feel that much bigger and I've been in a little bit of a a spiral right now where I just keep getting bludgeoned again and again with these opportunities that aren't coming to fruition and you question it it leads you to questioning Mm -hmm. yourself and what you're doing but you have to like you can't lead with that. You yeah. have to believe that things are going to get better if you stay true to who you are and keep trying to grow as a performer and artist, even as a human. Because yeah. I, you know, I've seen you know some of the things that you have posted in the past, where you've talked about your journey and you've had setback after setback. But you keep fighting and you keep going, moving forward. And well, uh, sometimes those setbacks are set ups, like yeah, for sure. you to get where you need to be. We were just talking with our previous guest about that about he had so many things that fell through but it brought him the best things in his life right and so maybe that is why that happens the universe is trying to guide us or whatever you believe in it's trying to guide us and we're like resistant and it's like i'm okay i'm gonna punch you <laughs> so you go that way yeah when you look back at your life <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna remember the things you didn't do mm. you're not gonna re- you're not gonna look back at that one audition that you thought would change yeah. your life and be like but if only i'd gotten that no like mm-hmm. it's everything is leading you to something else and like part of my part of the biggest thing that I've tried to get in my own head this past year is to is is create it release it stop giving a fuck create it release it stop giving a fuck because we hold on to our own shit and we think it's so important and what if people don't like it or what if it's not perfect who gives a fuck fuck. because every piece of art that you make will lead you to your next piece of art and that is just going to propel you to keep being better in your in your life and it's going to yeah. lead you to more people yeah. and if they don't like one thing and they want to <laughs> leave you as a fan they were never going to be a fan in the first place That's we're just waiting sure. to jump onto the next thing yep. the people that trust you will believe in you if you suddenly change your sound your vibe your whatever it is you're working on yep. They will go with yeah. you because they understand that you are growing, mm-hmm. you know? And even if they don't like this thing, but they still like this other thing, okay, well, I'm still going to go on to the next thing. Yeah. And yeah. when you've gone on the road, have you found yourself having to adapt to certain audiences that you never thought you'd have to deal with uh, at certain times? <laughs> I have learned that I am more malleable than I give myself credit for. I love that. Um, I used to think, like, oh, man, I'm just this kind of, like, weird, psychedelic, rainbow, drug troll, whatever it is. Like, then I was like, those are going to be my people. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, the only people that showed up are this birthday party for someone's 74th, you know, <laughs> for Agnes's 74th birthday. And that's the whole crowd. Are they going to relate to this? Right. And I have found that I am very good in any situation because I can adapt and I can pivot. I can look at a room and go, I don't need to rely on what I think will work. Mm. I can go up there, trust myself. There's moments when you have to, when you're, like when I was in that Sioux Falls situation, before I'm going on stage, I'm literally like berating myself. 
like internally, I'm going, motherfucker, I can't believe I have to do this right now. I cannot believe, but I will not bring that energy to the stage. I will go up in front of these nine people and I will perform my fucking ass off and I will find a way to have fun because if I have fun, they will have fun. If I bring miserable energy up there, that's going yeah, to yeah. infect the crowd yep. in a negative way. Yeah. But if I'm up there just kind of being just a silly little weirdo and enjoying myself and <laughs> actually just looking at them, working with them, I will discover something. Mm -hmm. And those moments, even though it's they're still hard and they take a lot mm -hmm. out of you, they're important. Because it's not always just going to be the rainbows and lollipops, you yeah. know? Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. you are literally just sucking on an old stick, just going, <laughs> I can't right. believe I put this in my mouth, but <laughs> I chose to put it there, so... Well, I think a, a lot of people don't really know the intricacies of getting on the road and what it takes. Are you booking your own shows now? I've always booked my own shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I, I mean, everything I've ever gotten pretty much has been because of something that I have set up for myself. Opportunities will come. Like sometimes, yes, you get a call that says, hey, we are going to put you on TV for this thing. But like, so I just did a Comedy Central taping uh, that came, that's out right now that I filmed in April. And people think, oh, did Comedy Central call you for that? No. Mm -hmm. I've been sending Comedy Central sets for years. Years yeah. trying to get like a dig trying to get one of their tapings, and finally, all it took was almost dying of cancer for them to go. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll wow. give him one. Wow. But like, it's all of these things that I'm constantly. I, it's planting seeds, right? I'm constantly disper dispersing seeds everywhere I go, and I'm trying to water the ones that I know will be worthwhile. But other ones will just sprout because you left them somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. my whole thing is how many seeds did I plant today? Where did I plant them? Yeah. Did I email a booker? Did I release a podcast? Did I go on someone else's podcast? I don't know what any of this is going to do. Yeah. And the things that you think are going to do a lot for you will typically mm -hmm. fail in your expectations because you thought they were going to do something mm -hmm. bigger than that. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. You just can't think that way. Yeah. You know, you do things because you enjoy them and you hope that they lead to somewhere else. But for the most part, you know, this is a very self-serving business, and right. if you're not in it for yourself and ready to fight for yourself, then no one why would it. anyone else ever do it for you? It's, it's true. Yeah, so yeah. true. I love how you, you take an artist's approach to it, and I think people forget that this is an art form. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk, it's so refreshing to hear about, like, your approach of the emotional, how you connect with your material. How do you, like, when you're connecting, are you sitting down and writing? Are you person that sits down and just gets pen and paper, I'm writing, right, or just ideas just come to you and you're talking to someone, or... I mean, I, spent, I wrote today. Like, I so I write whenever I have a, a sliver of an idea that I know could be something bigger. Because when I look back at my best bits, the ones that really have connected to people, I had a little premise, and then I sat down and I wrote. I'm not just a, I will figure it out on stage person. Yeah, yeah. I might throw it out once if I just think about it before I go on stage, but for the most part, like... Today, I was like, this bit is so complicated and there are so many moving pieces that if I don't sit down and try to write it out in its entirety as if I'm performing it, then I don't know how I'm ever going to land any punchlines yeah, right. within it. So I do, I, I mean, sometimes I wait to be inspired. Other times I try to at least write down the idea. But when I have an idea, I try to write it as far as it will go and then take it to the stage and whatever comes out are probably the most important parts yeah. of it. And then yeah. I refine, refine, refine until there's almost no fat on anything. And by the time I put something out on an album or like a special or something like that, it is down to its purest form. Yeah. And maybe I could have stretched it further, but my whole thing is I want, I do want a lot of laughs. I do not want a lot of fluff and filler. Mm -hmm. So I really try to be cohesive. I try to connect things and I try to have somewhat of a point uh, yeah. to what I'm doing. You know, I want people to feel something. Comedy is supposed to be an escape and yeah. it's supposed to heal you. And when I'm on stage, I don't want you to be thinking about the bills you have to pay yeah. or that your daughter's sick at home right, right now with right, a babysitter right, right. or that your lizard's tail just fell off. Yeah. I don't want you to be thinking about any of that shit. I just want you to be in the room 
with me yeah. for that hour. It's cathartic. And I mean, it's just cathartic for us. It's definitely cathartic for them. That's why people come out. There's such a, uh, uh, a thirst for comedy, especially during, even during the pandemic, people were trying to find it online and sure. stuff because everything was closed. Um, when you, I just want to go back because you mentioned cancer and stuff. How did that play in mm -hmm. your career when you started, you know, that's something that changes your perspective and everything. So <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I knew immediately, like, when I got diagnosed that, okay, I'm going to use this to my advantage. This will not kill me. God. Came a lot closer than I ever thought it would. Oh. But I said, I'm going to use this to my advantage. This is going to strengthen my story. Because just by being myself, I have found that I have inspired a lot of people to be the best version of themselves. And that was another thing. I never set out to be some motivational figure or anything <laughs> like that. And I don't look at myself. I don't pretend that I am one. I just try to be as authentic as possible. And me being authentic as possible means I have cancer right now, which means I'm going to talk about yeah. the fear and the hardships that come, not just for myself, but for the people around me that are watching me go through this very horrific time. And it didn't make sense to me to try to hide any of it. So I just immediately put it out there. I started talking about it immediately. I was on stage at the comedy store the day... I got diagnosed. I had a show that night and I was on stage doing other material and my brain, you know, that point in your brain when you're doing material, but your brain is going talking to you about mm -hmm. something else. I'm like, I'm not in this because I'm thinking about everything that just happened to yeah. me today that yeah. I just learned. I'm I mean, thinking about the last three months of these horrible tests that I had to go through to get to this point where now, oh shit, I actually have cancer. I have stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I just stopped in the middle of a bit and I was like, guys, I don't want to talk to you about this. You want to know what really is going on with me? Yeah. And I just started talking. I didn't have any punchlines yet, but I had to express the truth that was inside of me in that moment. In that moment. And I couldn't hide it. And that from that point on, I was like, okay, from now on, for a while, it's going to be this kind of material. Yeah. You know, this is where we are. Yeah. So it just... Um, it's difficult, especially because for a while I I ended up in the hospital. I, I like I had a stroke. I went septic. All these things. I was in there for thirty three days. It was awful. I had a port that got infected. That's how it all happened. But then when I got out, I had a pick line, which is when most what most cancer patients have that go through chemo short term. They wear a pick line, yeah. and I had a pick line on, and people could see it. Yeah. Like even under my kimono, like you know, if I ever like lifted it up at all, people would see. Oh, there's a pick line under there. Yeah. and so I was doing comedy in front of people basically while actively going through treatment, which is a very hard bridge to navigate yeah. when you're on stage trying to be funny. And, and people are energy. like, but, but you're dying. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. So it just became, it was the biggest challenge I've ever faced because it's not just, I have to find ways to be silly and be yeah. fun while also not terrifying the audience of one of their biggest fears. It, it's it's surprising, though, because my mom died of cancer and I just started talking about it on stage. But it is a release when you say it and people can we're all going to die. Yeah, this is this is the truth. This is a the only thing we know. Yep. So to say it, I think it does release people from also having to think about it, ruminate on it all the time, all the time. We know that's going to happen. So yeah. it, it's wonderful to bring that into comedy so people can just confront it, laugh, and be like, yeah, but that, that is what's, yeah, this is going to be, you know? Right, and I right. think it helps in a lot of ways. It does. It, I mean, especially cancer, because cancer is ubiquitous. That's what yeah. I say on stage. I was mm -hmm. like, if it's, if it's, if it's, it will probably happen to you. <laughs> but if it doesn't, it's going to happen to the person right next Somebody to you. Somebody exactly. yeah. And it's just that kind of disease. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just, I've, my, my mentality is what got me through like for the past for the past 10 years I've been focusing so hard on just shedding that angry little boy that I was when I moved out here that I grew up as and just trying to just treat myself well through methods of self care self care and meditation and exercise and healing in all these different ways and being a more positive person when I got cancer I was like okay this didn't my body has cancer my soul is yeah. still mine. It's still it's still healthy. So I can't suddenly fall into a dark hole because my body is sick and my and everything hurts and I'm a little scared. How do I keep positive in this time? 
and I was pretty transparent throughout it. And so now that I'm talking about it on stage and things like that, it's a burden and a privilege because people walk up to me after shows and they want to want to like dump their stories on me. Yeah. yeah. And I've always been like a magnet for trauma vampires. Like that's just something <laughs> like that. Dude, I have an energy that lets people feel immediately comfortable and they just walk up and will dump the worst moments of their life. Oh my God. I don't think too. I've ever heard that before. No, I've heard it. I, uh, me just, too. Yeah. I, and it's, it's overwhelming because they don't even see that. You're like, mm, right. please stop. It's just I'm gonna, and then they're like, okay, I feel better, and they and then they walk away, and, and then they yeah. just they leave you, and they and they leave it, and I'm on the road all the time. So if somebody sits next to me at a diner counter while I'm having breakfast, and they're like, oh, man, divorce sucks, right? I'm like, uh, I guess so. Open up, sir. <laughs> Let me get right. out my notebook. I've got some time. Like, <laughs> right. Three so hours then, later, <laughs> there you are. Sometimes I have to tell people, I'm like, hey, listen, I will listen to you, but you need a therapist. Uh, <laughs> like either buy my merch or don't but like there's other people waiting in line you gotta go talk to somebody else about this dude <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of it is because I'm this traveling vagabond they're like oh I can just put it on this person mm. and I'll never see him again oh. and I'm lucky enough that I've learned how to just not let any of that shit stick to me I will hear your story and I always say like I say like I have pretty bad eczema it just flakes off of me with the rest of my skin <laughs> like <laughs> I'll put your trauma out like we just finished a cigarette. I'll just stamp it on the ground. I'm like, fly free, little bird. <laughs> right, wow. right. It's, it's so crazy, <laughs> yeah. you talking about that exchange of energy, because I feel like, I don't know if anybody, if anybody else, but I feel like I dump, especially in the beginning when I was trying to get the trauma out, I was putting that on the audience. And I was like, <laughs> ah, bye-bye now. And it's like, it, it, it is this exchange of energy. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, going, you're always going to see, especially newer comics, before they learn how to write jokes, they're just trying to use it as mm -hmm. a therapy session yeah and then eventually look look you can because comedy is very therapeutic, therapeutic but you need to make sure that you're not that you're also giving them a mm -hmm. laugh and a show not just like jesus i'm gonna kill myself no no i don't want anyone to feel i even feel weird when people clap after i say that i beat cancer like I, when people in the whole audience will start applauding and i i honestly because i'm not doing it for that oh. i'm not i understand yeah. why that's just a natural thing uh -huh. no matter what it's just that clapter effect of like so guys i was in the military for eight years hey i just be cancer ah. but i almost want to just like shut that down as fast like i give you that moment but then i'm like i'm not telling you because i want you to be proud of me I'm telling you because this is a real thing that happened yeah. and I just want you to be a part of this experience with me yeah. so we can laugh about it all. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not trying to make myself feel better. I'm just telling you in the best way I can, the most entertaining way I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I have can't, and it's like, it's a natural human response when there's, I, I don't know if it shocks people, but for a comedian to come on stage and open up like that and say something like that, they want to be like, okay, this will make them feel better. But it's right. not. You're just trying to tell them, this is what's going on in my life. I don't think they understand that, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they. It, it, it's it's a polite thing to do. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm never like, guys, shut up. I don't need this. Like, <laughs> you know, That'd be so if, funny. It, if it happens like a third time in a show, I'm like, guys, I really appreciate yeah, it. But yeah, like, yeah. I don't, like, I'm fine. Like, I'm standing up here and I'm okay, you yeah. know. But, you know, I get it. I really do. And I mean, look, my my thing about like art and comedy in general is that I, I release things that are part of my life at this moment. And I can look back at some of my early jokes and be like, I can't believe that I thought that was my best joke. <laughs> yeah, right. But at the time, it was. Nice. It was. So it's, they're all timestamps of my life. And if I pretended cancer wasn't, I would be doing a disservice to myself. I was having a conversation with a friend recently who is a pretty famous person, very big headliner. And he said, I was like, I just want to like do this special and just like get this cancer shit out of me and yeah. probably, you know, not talk about it much more. And he goes, are you kidding me? This is a significant part of your story. Yeah. You're going to be talking about this for the next 20 years oh. of your life. You're never getting rid of this. Yeah, exactly. And you're crazy if you think you are. People are always going to bring this up to you. That's right. No matter how far you go in this industry, you are going to go on some talk show and they're going to be like, what was cancer like? Yeah. In the same way that I'm never going to get rid of America's Got Talent. I used to think, can we shut the fuck up about it? <laughs> it was 2018 and 2020. Like, it's done. But it's like, when you do something that is that significant... 
of course it's going to be with you. You, go. you know, and you have to just, and that's okay. Right. Because you did, you did two runs of AG, AGT, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and uh, do you think because of AGT, it helped propel your career even further? Or do you think it held you back in some ways? No, it definitely propelled my career, but it also, I had to make sure that I wasn't put in this box yeah. all yeah. of a sudden because people didn't know who I was as a comedian. They knew this character because AGT, look, while it is a, it is a real part of myself in there, it's this, this arrogant, invincible, just magical forest creature, whatever. It's <laughs> still a character and it's not what I do on stage as far as stand-up goes. So I would be hitting up clubs like, hey, I just had this run on AGT. GT, it went really viral. I would love to play your club. And they're like, are you just going to like wear a tail and make fun of right. everybody? Right. And I'm like, no, I have albums. I have like all these clips. Wow. Like, I was like, and they're just like, mm, I don't know. So like, you can't let yourself be boxed in, but you do have to use what's given to you. Yeah. And it just so happens that the main thing I'm known for by the world is roasting. Yeah. So I don't deny that part of myself. I just bring it out whenever I need to. You right, know, it's right, always right. there, but I always want to, as an artist, I never want to be pigeonholed into a single box. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I want to show, that's why I've made like my pug yoga calendar, why I wrote a book, why I, you know, have stand up albums, why I have roasting stuff, why I have like, there's all these different yeah. things. I have a song on Spotify. Like, there's all these different parts of me that want to come out. And I've, if I don't explore them freely, then I'm doing a disservice to myself. And that's why I'm so in the mantra right now of just create it, release it, stop giving a fuck. Yeah. Because if I hold it in, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to stew inside yeah. of me. And, you know, I think my light will burn brighter just by letting it out, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. A lot of the shit that I do doesn't go anywhere. You've never heard of half the stuff I do. Yeah, right. That's okay. It leads me to the bigger things. Yeah. yeah. And what, but speaking of bigger things is was being on the road full time always your goal as a comedian i mean my my initial goal was get on a sitcom of some kind. Cause okay. I moved out here to be an actor. That's I was already in SAG when I moved out here. I joined in college. Um, I was able to do a couple movies in Pittsburgh and that got me to join SAG. So I moved out here thinking like, okay, three or four years, I'll be able to be a series regular on yeah. some show. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got my little bit parts here and there, you know, and then when I found stand up, I was like, oh, this is what I really want. And I didn't know if I wanted to go on the road or not. I just knew I wanted to keep writing jokes and performing. And I didn't really start going on the road even a little bit until I was four or five years in. I would go like up to San Francisco for four or five days and do a bunch of shows. Um, I didn't do the road much at all until I was probably like eight or nine years in is when mm. I really started yeah. like going like, oh, let me see where else I can go. Yeah. Right, right. And then just, you know, start like opening it up a little bit more. And now, look, as much as I didn't love my show in Sioux Falls, I'm happy that I have been to South Dakota now. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of places that I've been where I'm like, I don't need to go back. Right. <laughs> but then some places are unexpected. I have a big fan base in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I've been there three out of the last five years because people show up when I go there. And I never thought I would that would oh, be a place that I would visit a lot. But they show up for me. Right. So right. now I'm going back and you just never know. And it's fun to just be, I'm so present when I'm on the road. Yeah. 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 I'm so in my own world and everything is new. Every feeling, every place, mm -hmm. everything I'm seeing, hearing. So I just walk around yeah. and I just experience, I go to museums, I go to different restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't table for one, it just becomes the thing you say most often on the road, you know, <laughs> right, I'm right. lucky when I get to go out with people, but for the most part, I'm out there by myself because I can't afford to bring anyone with me. So do you do you look for a local some person to open, or are you just is yeah? Typically, you most know? of the time, it's just whoever the club gives me. Sometimes, like next week, I'll be in Florida. I'll be in one night in Orlando, four nights in Tampa, and uh, a Florida local that I met a few years ago doing the road hit me up. She's like, "Hey, can I open for you on these shows?" And she's great. So I was like, "Yes, perfect. That's going to be fantastic." Now I have someone that I'll be with for a few days that I actually can like hang out with the yeah. whole time. A lot of it, I am just by myself. Well, and the comic that's opening, he has to work his regular job during the day or something like that. So I'm just 
trying to figure it out. I'll go to the movies. I'll go on a hike. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you just spend time, like, just being a person yeah. without any obligation to do something else. It's weird, though. I I, I did a roguing, and I was like, this is weird. At night is the only time I need to work, and I can. I went to museums, but it felt so, and it was so lonely. Yes. And that's something. Do you think that fits well with, because your personality, you have a big personality. That doesn't really fit well with you does it like being on the and how's the longevity in that like do you want to go back to sitcoms or trying to get sure i mean look that anything to sell more tickets right yeah, that's always yeah. the goal is yeah. to be able to sell more tickets to have more places say yes to you but being on the road taught me how to be okay with myself yeah like there are times when sure would i rather be with another person of course and sometimes i chase adventures or i'll go out with the staff just because i don't want to be by myself yeah. but other times I've learned that I am okay by myself. I have, a, you know, a beautiful wife at home and a, a huge group of friends and all this other, a great family and all this other stuff. So I'll be okay just being by myself for a few days. It's when you are in one place for a while, yeah. right? You're right, like, right. what do I do? <laughs> like, I remember right. I was in Calgary for, I'd never been to Canada. Uh, I was in Calgary for six days. They booked me Tuesday through Sunday. Oh. And I was out in the suburbs because their condo from downtown was being renovated. So they put me in there, they're like, you're gonna love this. You're gonna be, <laughs> it's so quiet, it's so secluded. And I was like, no! no. <laughs> What do I do? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Right. Going crazy. I heard you can't get paid in Canada. It's hard to get paid because you have to have a certain visa when you're on the road. As a, I don't know. I didn't have that problem. Really? They pay you in Canadian, which you got to be careful about because yeah. 1500 Canadian is like 1100 US. Right. So you got to be careful how you spend your money and stuff like mm. that. But, you know, you end up just that I do more writing. I, I'm, I'm, I, more self care is necessary. Yeah. And that's so important when you're on the road, especially in the years when I was a huge drinker or like I was chasing mm. parties, you know, just trying to get fucked up because I'm traveling and I'm partying and all that like now like my biggest thing is just like do all right i have time to write i have time to meditate i have time to exercise i got time to take a walk i have time to check in with yeah. people that i haven't talked to in a long time uh visit museums yeah. like all so these things that i wouldn't have time for otherwise suddenly there's nothing holding me back I don't have to be here and go to appointments or pay bills or have meetings or, you know, be sending, you know, I have time. So yeah. spend a couple hours every day, like taking care of yourself so that you don't go crazy. And so that by the time you get to that show that night or those shows, you are in prime condition mm -hmm. to perform and give yourself to these people. Right. Cause you, they look, that you owe it to them. <laughs> yeah. You do. They you do. are out for the night. Yeah. They bought tickets. They got a babysitter. They are paying drink minimums, food minimums. Yeah. That is not something to be taken lightly. For sure. Some people, that's their one time they're going to go out in the next couple of months is to see you. To see you, yeah. For the that's first a time, deal. like, they're seeing comedy. Some people, it's their first so time. So many. So many people. comedy, which yeah. in your, their experience, and that can be everlasting. Oh, I love Poppin' Cherries. I love it. <laughs> I like, yeah. Start calling out people. Who's who's a version here to comedy? <laughs> yeah, so many people afterwards are like, you're the first time I've ever seen a comedy show. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I, I hope you realize that it's way better to experience as in a room yeah. where it's happening than it is watching it on Netflix or on YouTube. Like, those are great to find people and to just like you know hassling to like get into delve into but there's nothing like being in the room and i've always been a live experiences person festivals concerts comedy shows like these are all things where if i'm with other people experiencing a yeah. thing cool. it yeah. is going to just kind of just permeate a part of me and inspire me to do something bigger with myself oh, yeah. that's that yeah. that that's awesome to hear. Have you ever had any issues getting paid on the road? Um, I mean, sometimes. Like, I mean, sometimes you just have to kind of fight for like, hey, I know there were, you know, 80 people here and you paid me like there were 40. And yeah. they're like, well, we have expenses. Dun, 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 dun. Like, <laughs> it gets a little weird sometimes and tricky because I don't have, since I do all my own bookings, I don't have someone to just call them up and be like, motherfucker, you owe this guy this much money. Right. For the most part, I think 
people are pretty good about taking care of you because they don't want to make enemies yeah. either. Um, but I tr- I typically know what I'm going to make going into most of the shows that I do, like a ballpark range. And yeah. if, if, if I'm in that range, I don't really make a stink. And it, cause I also like... How much do I want to fight for if it's a couple hundred bucks or something like that? It's not worth it. Sometimes sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, you know? But for the most part, I think the people I work with are happy to have me there because I treat the staff well. I'm kind to everybody. I put on a good show. I'm not needy in the green room. I'm like, I try to be just like as professional as possible. Mm -hmm. You don't show up and get super fucked up like before you walk on stage, (laughs) you know? Like, these are important things to learn. Yeah. And the the more you are easier to work with, the more you will be invited back. And word like that spreads. Yeah. It does. It does. It really it, does. Because the community is, you know, we think there's so many communities, but there really is a small, a small community, community. You know what I mean? It filters through. Um, Your book, you were talking about your book. If you, like, I would love to just, how did that come about? Did you write it during the pandemic, pandemic? baby? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Like, I was a productive bitch yeah. during the pandemic. Like, I was doing, I was running my own Zoom shows. I had a podcast going. I was doing all kinds of things. And suddenly I just like, I was talking, I I'd had this idea for a while that like getting roasted really taught me how to love myself for who oh. I am. <laughs> and so I, this is, so when I wrote the book, this is, it's, it's hard to believe, but I came up with this concept in late November of 2020. And the book was released in January of 2021. So from concept to releasing that you could buy it, it was two months. And it's a 28-day like workbook program of how to write roast jokes about yourself to take away the judgment from other people. So it just goes by week by week and day by day of little concepts and nuggets to kind of just incept into your brain to just allow you to learn how to make fun of yourself. And like the, the tagline is... Is learn to love yourself by hating yourself. Right, right. You know, yeah, that's and great. if you can say the worst things about yourself, if you can stand naked in front of a mirror and look at yourself <laughs> and still say, I love you, even though you see every fucked up little thing that you yeah. think other people see too, well, then you won't care if you just see someone staring at you out of the blue or snickering behind your back. It I'm going to try that air for the show. See what happens. <laughs> you know? Roast yourself to happiness. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> there you go. So, two months you self-publish or like yeah. oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 i have another book idea that i'm that i'm proposing right now that's not going to be self-published if i can help it but like that that one was i just need to get this thing out of me and everything came together very quickly and i was motivated and i had time did you ever read the um artist workbook like the, Which, the like artist way artist, the artist way yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure yep. yeah the way you like get you act upon your ideas is so about that like how you act yep. like most people get an idea and they're like oh wait i'll just you're like no this is what the universe wants me to do i'm doing yeah. it yeah was- i mean i try to be that way it's scary sometimes because you're going out on a limb <laughs> yes. and you're exposing yourself yes, for everything is. that could fall apart but at the same time if i don't do that then I'm just keeping myself closed off and I don't know what I can become. Mm. You know, there's a freedom in just expressing and creating and letting it go. And I think that's the way that I work best. Me too. Is by not holding on to anything. If I have an idea and I think it's good, I try not to tell too many people. I just try to do it. Mm. Nobody knew I wrote a book. I just released a book all of a sudden. Even all my close friends were like, when did you write a fucking book? Well, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Remember how we couldn't go to any concerts? Well, I was doing stuff. Yeah, well, actually, I was doing shit and making stuff happen. If we were all watching TV, he's got like all this stuff coming out. It's like, dang. Like, he's doing a TED Talk. You know? <laughs> I would love to do a TED Talk one day. I could see that. I, I want to do a Roast Yourself to Happiness TED Talk. I, mean, I have a lot of ideas on TED Talks, but Roast Yourself to Happiness is TED Talks. Hey, hey, hey. We hey. got the guy for you right here. Right? <laughs> no, seriously. No, very cool, man. Uh, what What's next on on the on the uh, agenda for you? 
Filming special January 12th in Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Ooh. Bijou Theater, doing two shows for that. And that's going to be the very, a large chunk of like the cancer material and stuff like that. I have uh, working with a producer and a director to put that all together. I'm on the road a little bit here and there, just getting ready for all that. I mean, it's pretty much ready to go. I'm just refining it more and more yeah. as it goes on. And honestly, I'm just always trying to figure out how to get myself more into the ether and how to sell more tickets. You know, everything I do is in service to me just going, not having nine people showed up when I flew to a place. Conundrum, you know? How do you sell? Like, what is the formula? I was going to ask you, Lena. I was really <laughs> you the You're the one who seems to figure this stuff out. So we're going to need you to figure it out, write a book. I don't know. That's one that yeah. I just haven't figured out yet. And I will continue to do it because it's the choice that I've made and it makes me happy to keep doing comedy, but to get people to the constant self-promotion is hard yeah. for me, but you have to do it because it's what we signed up for. Yep. And if you want people to go, you got to figure it out, you know? So, I mean, once that special comes out, I'm going to do my best to sell it. And of course, I'm going to have to chop it up into 60 tiny little clips that I hope <laughs> one of them will e explode. Like, it's such a crazy time we're in that people are like, oh, you did an hour? Can I see 24 seconds of it? Yeah, right. And right, I'll right, decide right, if I want right. to see the rest. I'll take 8.6 seconds of that special. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you, yeah. you partner with a production company to do? So, yeah. I'm My friend is, um, my friend is directing and producing it. He put up half the money for it which was very kind of him because mm -hmm. um, I am self-funding most of it and then we're going to try to we have a sales agent we're going to try to sell it but you know we don't yeah yeah, that's all yeah. you can do at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, you know, was like, just put it on YouTube. Like, it, and people are killing it on YouTube. The people you hear about are killing it on YouTube. That's right. There are millions of specials on YouTube that went nowhere. Yeah. And I don't want that to be this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The only thing sadder than having cancer is then doing material and having nobody see it. <laughs> That's right. But I have a special out. <laughs> but it's, uh, I swear it's there. Yeah. What was worse, the cancer or the special? Yeah, what took more out of me? What did I give myself more to? Like, just like... So I'm always just, look, I'm always just trying to find new fans and connect with the ones that I already have. And I'm very... I, I do consider it a privilege that I've gotten this far yeah. in this business because this is further than I've ever thought I would get in my life as far as the what I'm able to do and that I get paid for it even minimally is fucking cool. Yeah. And, so, and it is. And it's, a cool. it's a testament to where you've you, 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 yeah, you've, the work you've you been. Put it's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, Pointing yeah. Yeah, you, the important question. Did are you? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, this is probably this takes precedent over everything uh, <laughs> we talked about today. What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, buddy, you just nailed it. I mean, I'm, I love it. I eat ice cream almost every single day. Thank you. So um, it is very difficult to pick a favorite. It's got to be something chocolatey for sure. Like, I do love anything that has, like, brownie pieces oh, yeah. or oh. chocolate chips of some kind, cookie dough. But something that has – I really like a – vanilla e or like a white chocolate base but then that has fudge rippled throughout oh, like, my language man. So i mean yeah i i dude i i don't drink that much anymore <laughs> i eat ice cream pretty much every day <laughs> i found a way to combine them and it is heaven uh oh dude wine, what are you doing she does wine, wine and ice sherbet ice cream oh, and that's hello. like my daily yeah. like, go to at night like, yeah i love it oh yeah. i get it like i mean look you got to treat yourself to some things yeah, in this yeah, yeah. in this world oh. and i have a lot of vices over the years yeah. and ice cream is one that i i always say like i could be like healthier <laughs> but i work i, I exercise to yeah. off-put mm -hmm. the things that I put in my body. Yeah. Like, that, that was me for years going to music festivals. People would be like, you just did a lot of ketamine. <laughs> and I'd be like, I know, but I also ran 17 miles around this festival. Did you see that part of it? I worked all of it out. I, I put it in and sweated it right back out. Right. And by the way, the ice cream stand over there is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you ever just lick a cone while you're rolling on Molly? Yeah. Hey, pretty good stuff. Well, dude, Alex, Thank you so much for Thank being on today. We had a great time. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to seeing all the cool things that are coming up next for you. Dude, you guys yes. are great. Thank you so much for having Thank me. I appreciate you. everything. <laughs> Thank you, brother.